Welcome to Triple Threat Thursdays, the dance studio owner's secret weapon in generating more revenue and revolutionizing their business. I'm your host, Kate Krachowski, a dancer, teacher, and studio director turned serial entrepreneur. Whether you're a seasoned studio owner or just starting out, this podcast is designed to help you unlock the hidden opportunities in your dance studio. Each week, you'll learn from industry experts, successful studio owners, and entrepreneurs who have been in your shoes and discovered the crucial triple threat, uniting marketing, sales, and instruction to ensure impressive results. We know it takes a village to build a successful dance studio, and we're here to be part of yours. Are you ready to become a triple threat? Let's get this dance party started. Hello, welcome back to Triple Threat Thursdays. I am so excited to welcome Amanda Hoffman to the stage today. She is a two-time entrepreneur. She ran her first company for a number of years, sold it, and then took time off to be with her kiddos. She then started another business that would offer a bit more balance. We all know balance is hard to come by as business owners and people who have families and have pursuits outside of work. And so she wanted to build a business in a smarter, more efficient way. And that business is go-to-market studio. I'm so excited for her to be on the show, for her to tell us everything that she knows about merchandise and doing it intentionally and thoughtfully and in a smarter way. Amanda, welcome. Thank you so much for having me on. I cannot wait to talk to your listeners about this. I would love to start with what makes your approach different to merch? I know there are so many ways and places and and threads that you can go off of that as you and I have connected a number of times about what merch is and how it should be used. But tell us your philosophy around merch, if you will. Yeah, sure. So we're really trying to change the way that businesses do merchandise and swag like in a bigger picture. Um, And part of the reason I started this business is that the ways that the options that are available to business owners right now for branded merchandise are really clunky, expensive, unsustainable, annoying, time-consuming. I'm sure that your listeners can relate to all of the nonsense that goes around having branded merchandise. So when I discovered print-on-demand, I was thrilled and I knew that coming from the entrepreneur world, I knew how needed this was in this space. Um, Coming as somebody who wanted branded merchandise for my own business the first time around and found it to be really just like, I just ran into all the problems that I'm sure all your listeners have run into. So we take a a very specific approach to branded merchandise and it's twofold. The first is that we focus on beautiful design. We want to create items that people want to keep in the long run. We don't believe in the 500 pencil approach. We don't believe in stress ball. We don't believe in handing out junk to people and hoping that it makes some kind of difference in your business. We want to create items that people love, that they keep like for years and years to come. And they're like, this t-shirt means something to me. This sweatshirt represents my time when I was a dancer in this place. This, uh, you know, tote bag is from my favorite studio and I love it and I take it everywhere, right? It's a connection between the uh, people who have your merch and your brand. Right. So the first is that we focus on design and don't print any junk. The second is sustainability and financial sustainability, environmental sustainability 
and time sustainability. So companies are spending so much time on branded merchandise. They're ordering things in bulk. They Then there's the decision of like, what are we going to do with all these sizes and colors that we didn't sell that nobody wants? And you end up with all this trash, like it feels bad. So with a print-on-demand approach, uh, my company develops print-on-demand stores for brands and businesses. And all of the designs are exist online. They're printed as they're ordered. So there is no... There is no excess of sizes. Everything is size inclusive. If you design something with a color that everyone hates, like you've lost nothing. If you want to do something for one competition uh, and make it like really specific, like, and for, you know, this girl at this competition, it's like, okay, if you sell one of them or two of them, it's no skin off your back. Um, So we feel really passionate about this, like, ease, efficiency, sustainability, and beautiful design. Awesome, Amanda. Thank you for that overview. I would love to camp out a little bit on the print-on-demand concept because I know that is really new to a lot of our listeners. They have definitely taken the more traditional approach of buying in bulk and you order everything. It's sitting in your studio lobby. People are buying it from this rack, if you will, and then you know, you're selling it behind the counter how exactly does print on demand work? You you mentioned, you know, sizes are flexible, colors are flexible. Walk us through that as if somebody had no idea what print on demand is. Sure. Um, so there are myriad problems with bulk printing, which I don't need to run through because everyone knows that. So print on demand, um, all of the ex- designs that you create exist digitally on a website. Um, and we build on top of Printful and Printify. Those are the two big ones uh, or, that you can use for print-on-demand. They have international operations. So if you have a studio in multiple locations and you want to have a print-on-demand store, you can use the same store for all of your locations. And like, I'm in New York City. If I order a, a, a studio t-shirt, it would print probably in New Jersey or New York and ship to me. If somebody's in California, it'll print and ship in California. So it's all very efficient. You don't need to worry about the like where things are. If you happen to have some fans in London, they can also shop from your store. It's all it, it's very flexible. Um, so you would go onto these sites. I mean, my company does all of this for you, right? Like we do all of the design. We do all the setup of the stores, but you can do it on your own. If you go to Printful and Printify, you can upload designs there. Um, they integrate on the back end with Squarespace, Wix, um, Shopify, a whole host of other sites. Um, there is a bit of a learning curve to get it to set up, but if you're uh, enterprising and want to watch some YouTube videos, you can certainly figure out or you can hire us to help you. Um, and it's actually like quite easy. And what is so beautiful about or confusing rather is like this technology is out there and yet so few people seem to know about it or seem to realize that you can use it in your own business. So, I mean, my dream, my goal is for every business, unless you're running like a festival or like a huge in-person concert, there's really no need to have inventory. I mean, obviously there are impulse buys, there are some reasons for it, but um, what I like to do and what I would recommend for your studios is to create a print-on-demand store and then in your studio, because you still want people to see it and touch it and want it, right? Like you have one of every size there or you make like a wall where your 
t-shirts or, you know, whatever you're selling are hung on the wall. And you got a big QR code in the middle where it's like, here's how you order it. And then they go there and guess what? You have nothing else that you need to do. You are cut out of the process. So it's, uh, I, I hope I explained that well for you. That's perfect. Still be- yeah. that, that's so perfect. And I love the visual of, okay, if people want to touch and feel and experience these pieces of merch, then what, right? Because particularly in the dance studio space, you know, people want to feel things and move around in it and maybe try it on, right? And so having those samples available and then having a QR code that makes it so easy for them to check out and then you as a studio owner or your admin staff, that is one huge thing that you have taken off everyone's plate to actually be the one transacting, to be the one packaging, shipping if needed, or involved, right? It's on the wall. It's done. It's very much check out on your own, completely set up and set it and forget it. Yeah. And I want to add also, you can do a hybrid approach where you have a print on demand store and you're printing in bulk. So if you have a t-shirt that you know is like the t-shirt for your studio that you always want to have in stock, go ahead and have it in stock. But then you can also add it to your print on demand store. And so if somebody wants a 5XL or they want it in the color that you don't have in stock, then that's also available to them. You don't need to stock those things. So uh, there's nothing precluding you from having a hybrid approach. You have a really unique and interesting philosophy around what a beautiful design is and what should be put on merch. Talk to me a little bit about, share with our listeners about what that really entails, what makes for a beautiful design, what makes for a beautiful merchandise. That's a great question. So we really encourage our clients to think beyond their logo. So often people say, well, I love my studio and the people who come to my studio love my studio. Let's put the name of the studio on a shirt and we're done. And it's like, yes, people do love your studio and you love your studio and they may love the name, but what they... What's connecting them to the studio is not necessarily your name. It's the way they feel when they're there. It's the vibe of your space, right? So you want to communicate your values and your energy and like the fun parts of your business in the merchandise. So I'm wearing a t-shirt that says Merch Mentor. It's in our branding and has my logo on it underneath in small writing. So like if I had a t-shirt that said go to market, it would be like really boring. Like you wouldn't remember it. But I wear this shirt everywhere that says merch mentor. And in the dance world, there's so much fun, beautiful things that you can do around dance that are going to be within your brand, but more than just your logo. So like you want to think about that. Like what are the phrases that like your star teacher always says or what kinds of words do you have on your wall? Maybe it's an inspirational quote. Maybe it's something funny. Maybe it's like some piece of art that's around your studio, you know, something hand-drawn. You could do anything like that. And people are really drawn to those sorts of things because it brings them joy. It makes them feel connected. It makes them feel like they're in the in in crowd, right? And also for your studios, you want to create like a local community. So when people are walking around your town, walking around your studio, wearing your merchandise, and it's more than just when it's just your logo, people are less likely to wear it. If it's something that actually feels like part of their identity, they're more likely to wear it. It's still going to look like your brand. And then they're 
brand ambassadors for you. Like they're out in the world wearing your stuff. So it's really like a virtuous cycle when you do it like that. I love the point you made about the the what your dance teacher said or that slogan type, because that really resonates in this market. There are so many phrases that dance teachers use over and over and over again, almost like the things that you would put on a meme or a GIF, right? It's like that kind of thing. It's funny. It's engaging. People feel part of the inner circle. They feel part of the community. They feel that it be, has become that is part of their identity. And so they're proud to wear it as if, oh, only I really know what this means. Um, but it looks cool. And it's not just a logo that I might wear for a parade. And that's the extent of it. Right. Yeah. 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 And that's what makes it special. That's what makes people want to keep it in the long run. How would you help business owners think about limited edition merch and how that should be differentiated from maybe a standard list, a standard product list? Yeah. So what is really cool about print on demand is that you can offer lots of options. So I imagine for dance studios, there's like dance moms and dance dads and dance cousins and dance aunts and like dancer in training, like a little onesie or something like that. You can get really niche without investing at all, right? So I think that that's a really special way for studios to go. So if you have a competition coming up and you want to make t-shirts, you want to make an item for that competition, again, I would find something that's like pretty special about it. So like, for example, my daughter is on ski team. And one thing that they say is like, risk it for the biscuit. I don't even know fully what that means. I think it's just like, Ricard, I don't know. She gets it. She knows what it is. And everyone on the team understands it. So, you know, they have a shirt that says risk it for the biscuit. And it's like so special to her. It's so special to everyone who is competing for this one um, in this one competition, this one race. And it's like, surely there's something like that in the dance studio world for these competitions. Right. So like if you hone in on what that is and you can make a beautiful design, you can do that and then say like, you know, January 2023. And then the next year you go in and you make it January 2024. And again, you don't need to make a guess about everyone's sizes and who's going to want it. You can say like, you know, um, mom fan, you know, like mom club, January 2023. Like it doesn't matter. You can get as specific as you want um, without really without any investment or risk. Again, I wouldn't go overboard. You don't want to do so much that people are overwhelmed or they're not paying attention at all. But like, you know, your audience, you know, who's coming in, you know what people want. Like you could even have a committee of like invested parents or like invested whoever um, come up with, you know, in in your local Facebook group or whatever. We just had a, a podcaster who hired us do this. She made a Facebook post being like, you know, what should I put on my merch? And there were like 150 comments within like the first day I was like, holy crap, I had my VA go through it and like pull all of them out. And then we went over them in a meeting and decided which ones we were going to design into merch. But, you know, the people in your community really care about what you're doing and they will have ideas. So you could just pull them and say, what do you want to see on branded merchandise? And then turn that into something really cool and beautiful. Specifically with studios, I mean, there's students who could get involved in that. Teachers, parents, you have a whole wealth of 
people who can contribute. And so as a studio owner, you don't have to necessarily take on this burden yourself. You don't have to think, okay, well, now I have to come up with these catchy phrases or beautiful designs. I love that point, Amanda, about pulling the people in your community into the process. And that will also create a desire and ownership around that piece of, oh, well, this is my idea. Now it's on a t-shirt. Yeah. So two things I want to say about that. One, you definitely don't want to design by committee, though, because that will create more of a headache for you than it's worth. I mean, I wouldn't want to do anything by committee, which is why I'm an entrepreneur. I don't like to listen to, I don't like to have everybody tell me what to do. (laughs) So I'm sure that people can relate to that. So, you know, you definitely want to get some ideas and then you want to say, thank you, I'm doing this on my own now. Um, Two is that, uh, oh dear, I forgot my second point. Uh, You don't want to design by committee. It's gone. That first point is the one I'm going to go with for now. (laughs) Don't come back. Maybe we'll come back to you. I would love to switch into the financial sustainability piece of this. You mentioned it's financially sustainable, it's environmentally sustainable, and then from a time standpoint, it's sustainable. Let's focus on that first piece of the financial sustainability. Talk to us a little bit about what that looks like. And you know, naturally, I know the margins may be a little bit different in a print-on-demand space, but share with us the financials behind a print-on-demand approach. Sure. So. Uh, margin per item, absolutely lower in a print-on-demand world. Uh, you're paying for shipping on each item, and the, it's just a higher cost overall. So for a T-shirt, you're looking at a cost of around, including tax and shipping in the U.S., around $20. Hat's going to be around $20. A hoodie is going to be between $30 and $40. Again, this is inclusive of tax and shipping. A mug is going to be something like $15. So you can get these uh, in bulk much cheaper. However, when you order in bulk, as you know, there's a tremendous amount of waste. There's all these items that you don't sell. There's the sizes that people don't want. There's also missed opportunity um, for the sizes that you don't have. So I see this all the time. I volunteer to run all the merchandise at my kid's public school here in the city. And uh, I'm always, it's impossible to get the sizing right. And some of the designs appeal more to the kindergartners, some appeal more to the fifth graders. And sometimes I just get it wrong. And I end up with the kindergarten style, too many big sizes, the big kid style, too many little sizes. And uh, it's just waste. I have to just hold on to them forever and ever and ever and then keep trying to sell them, eventually sell them at a discount. Like the, what I like to tell business owners is like, rather than getting into dollars and cents over how much money you're making for, you know, per item, I would think about how much time, mental effort, energy and like emotional work you're putting into managing, selling, and honestly, just like hauling, physically hauling this stuff around, like around your studio, like the visual clutter of having the boxes around and say to yourself, would I rather have a smaller profit margin and like regain hours and hours of time and also make everyone happy or make a little bit more money and run into, you know, have all the same issues that I was having before. So for me, it's obvious for other people less so. Um, you know, again, you to try to make it more profitable, like you could do a hybrid model if you know that there's one style that like everyone always buys when they come to the studio, order that one in bulk. 
Uh, and then the rest can be print on demand. For my business, we charge a one-time upfront, upfront fee to like do all of the designs, the development of the store. So there's that to consider. But you know, once you develop a print-on-demand store, you have it forever. This is not a recurring cost, right? Like you invest the time and money to get it set up and then you're good to go, right? Like obviously there are new designs going forward, but the systems are fairly easy to use and edit once they're what you mentioned a, a number of types hats hoodies shirts mugs what types of items should someone prioritize should a business owner think about and i know some of it's audience dependent but you know how many types of items to include in the library what what's the what's the best practice there yeah so i think this is what i was trying to say before when i forgot my point which is that you don't want it, this is what i was trying to say when you call many ideas from your audience. You're, you might get 50 ideas. You do not want to offer 50 different t-shirts. That's a temptation with print on demand. And you'll see it if you look on sites like Teespring or Redbubble. It's like there's a design and you can get it on any number of things in any color. And that is overwhelming. This is not Build-A-Bear. This is your uh, business, right? And you are a tastemaker. So you want to approach the audience and say, this is what looks good. And this is what we're offering. So like you don't want to have more than like, I would say 15 items in your store. Like even that is a little bit too much until you've like, you know, if you're running it for years and you find that like you're selling all of your things and then people want more variety, then, you know, everyone's going to make the choice that works best for their business. But you want to offer fewer curated options. Um, and you ask what to offer. So what's interesting is a lot of people come to me and they say, I want something really special. I want something really unique. And they're like, well, what if we did like a Bluetooth speaker that was customized or like, you know, a, a ring light that's customized or whatever it is. And it's like, staples are called staples for a reason. Like people really like t-shirts, hoodies, hats, mugs, tote bags, notebooks. Uh, the kinds of things that are branded, people like them. So it's really about the design, right? Like if you're putting your logo on things, if you're just putting your logo on something, yeah, like let's let it be like a Yeti mug or like, a, you know, something that is really cool so that I can overlook the fact that it's just the logo. But if it's a great design, like, yeah, I want it on a shirt. I want it on a hoodie. I want it to be like bold and beautiful and engaging. With the staples, I think that, I mean, it makes so much sense, particularly for this audience, because there's a number of different age groups in a dance studio family. You've got littles, you've got you know, middle schoolers, high schoolers, elementary kids, you've got parents, grandparents, right? You're spanning multi-generations. And so uh, a little doesn't need a coffee mug, right? So so stick to the staples that can be approached on the multi-generational level. I mean, that's what would make sense to me. And even something like a tote bag is very relevant for a studio. A tote bag, kids are walking around with their shoes, their hair stuff. They all have dance bags. And that's a really great way to almost come up with a limited edition dance bag and in the form of a tote. Yeah, I love that also, you know, you're mentioning multi-generational. So, you know, let's say you have a t-shirt. You know, you can offer the t-shirt 
as a crop top, as a unisex fit, as an oversized boxy fit, and as a women's cut, which is, you know, like a tighter fit t-shirt. And it's like your grandma doesn't want the crop top and your teenager absolutely does not want the regular unisex fit, right? So that's something where you can get really granular and say like, okay, it's this one t-shirt design, but we're going to offer it in the crop top version, which as the mom of a preteen, I understand is the only type of t-shirt shape. <laughs> well, um, whereas like, you know, people my age and older are like, would not be caught dead in a crop top, right? So like print on demand gives you those options. What would you say to a studio owner who is having a hard time getting over the barrier of, well, if my logo's not on it, how am I going to get any brand awareness or how am I going to see any type of ROI from the merch? Right. So I say your logo's not on it. I just said your logo is not front and center. It's not just your logo. So again, the shirt I'm wearing, it says Merch Mentor. And then beneath it, it says go to market or like on a mug that I have here. If you're watching this on video, it says love your merch on one side and on the back, it says go to market. So we also want all of the items to feel like your brand, right? So if we're just writing something in text, the text is going to look like your look and feel like your studio's brand. It's going to be in your colors. It's going to be in your fonts. Um, it will be very clearly yours. It just, if you want people to keep it and wear it in the long run, just plastering your studio name on the front of a t-shirt is not going to do it. Like it's got to be on the sleeve or underneath or maybe on the back. Um, and then it's like, it, it's a trade-off. It, I think it's going back to the whole, like, are you going to give 500 people a pencil or 50 people a hoodie? And like you can touch in theory more people by putting your logo on something because then everyone will see it and be like, I know that studio, but I don't think that that's really going to happen that way because people don't like to wear that stuff. It almost goes back to the intentionality of it, I would say. That's that's what I'm hearing from you in the pencil versus the hoodie example. You know, it's going to be a more intentional touch point with the hoodie and then the touch points to follow from, you know, the little spider effect than it is going to be with the pencil. You might think once about the pencil, it gets lost in a junk drawer. Well, there it is. It's gone forever. And a hoodie. You, yeah. If you use the pencil every day, it still doesn't create a relationship to the brand. It, it, to me, that's why pencils and pens are wasteful. It's not because they're not useful. They are. We all use pens and pencils. But like, you don't look at your pen and pencil and be like, this makes me think of the dance studio. Whereas a hoodie and a t-shirt will. Circling back a little bit to the time component of all of this, when we were talking about the financial sustainability of it, you mentioned how much time they would be saving. And really, that is huge. And I would just reiterate that that's opportunity cost, right? If you are not spending your time with all of the pieces of merchandise and bulk ordering and, you know, inventory, et cetera, then you have time for other things that are better suited for what you should be doing as a dance studio owner, whether that's directing or teaching or creating or being in the lobby, talking to parents, increasing retention, right? And so thinking about the time piece, I mean, that is such a huge factor. And I just wanted to circle back to that because I didn't, 
I wanted to, to almost double tap it, I guess. Of I, I really liked that point of there's so much opportunity cost that goes into the financial piece too. And that time can be spent elsewhere that could have greater financial gain in the long run. Yeah, I compl- I support that completely. It's the same argument for why you hire an assistant or a VA or an accountant to do your taxes or a janitor to clean your studio. It's like, yes, you can clean your studio. Yes, you can manage your own finances. But where is it most profitable and interesting and sustainable in the long run for you to spend your time? Like, I could do a lot of things in my business, but like the things that I hate doing take me all day and zap me of energy and make me unable to do the work that I really want to be doing because I'm drained. Right. And I find that merchandise ends up being like that for people, because even though it's exciting and people think like, oh, I love it. Then they run into all these logistical problems. It's like, okay, well, which T-shirt do I use? And you look at these sites and it's like, okay, there are six different T-shirt options for this one style. Which one should I do? And then you go down a rabbit hole of like, reviews and all this stuff so like my company i order samples every single month and so like i know what all of these different brands are i know what all the different styles are i can get on the phone with you and be like this is what this one looks like this actually i wouldn't even do that i would be like this one's my favorite if you don't like it let me know and i'll switch it out it's like keep it simple you don't need to do you don't need to be an expert in this because other people are that's good that's really wise it was a couple of episodes ago we talked about essentially this four-part framework that I think through about tasks, automate, delegate, complete, or delete. And this is one of those delegate moments. If you are not a merch expert, it's time to delegate it, right? And uh, this is this is a great episode for you because Amanda is an expert in it and she is extremely well-versed in the merch space. So with that, Is there anything we haven't covered today that you want to make sure dance studio owners know or walk away from this episode knowing about merch, whether that's consistent merch or limited edition merch, any any of that? Yeah, I would just say that merch can and should be a really joyful expression of your business. It should be like fun and exciting and everything positive. It should be like a beautiful representation of everything you do in your studio. And if it's not that, then I would encourage you to change something uh, because it's the kind of thing that's like really fun for you and your employees and also really fun for everyone who receives it. And so if something is broken in that process, um, like it's a huge drag for you or it's really expensive or you can't come up with the new designs or you're you know, every time you order, you have like all these excess sizes or you don't have the right things. Like it's just like a huge bummer. It does not need to be that way. So I'd encourage business owners to embrace that joyful process. So helpful. Thank you so much, Amanda, for all of your wisdom that you shared. Where can people find you if they want to learn more and want to engage uh, your, your team and your services? Sure. Yeah. So our website is gotomarket.studio. You can find us on Instagram at gotomarketstudio. I'm really active on LinkedIn. You could find me there. My name is Amanda Hoffman with one F. Um, Or you could look for gotomarket on LinkedIn. Um, And we will respond to you if you reach out to us. And we're always happy to talk about merch ideas and um, we're happy to help. 
Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me, Amanda. I will be sure to drop those links in the show notes so people can have a quick link uh, to those things. And thank you for sharing all of your knowledge on merch with our dance studio owner audience. Thanks. I hope I can connect with some of them. Thanks for tuning in to Triple Threat Thursdays. This is Kate Grachowski, and I hope you've enjoyed today's episode and gained valuable insights that you can apply to your studio, unlocking more revenue than ever before. Remember, you can do this. Tap into your passion for dance as your motivator and commit to the small changes in marketing, sales, and instruction. They add up quicker than you think. If you enjoyed the show, I'd love for you to subscribe, write a review, and share it with your team. Until next week, keep dancing, growing, and thriving.